Hi, I'm Robbie Burns. And I'm Craig McClellan, and this is the Class Nerd Podcast. Connecting teachers to the productive world of apps. Robbie, how are you today? I'm doing great. It feels like it's been, I know it's been a week, but I feel like I spoke to you yesterday. Yeah, uh, we're on the second or third. I'm losing track now, but we're we're getting prepped for you to go to Hawaii and trying to get several of these recorded so you're not having to work while you're on the lovely beaches in a hula skirt or whatever you're going to be doing. Good image for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I, and I very much appreciate your flexibility on that end. We are on a stretch here. I think we've done three this week. This is the last one, and then we'll uh, we'll start recording them kind of closer to as we go from here on out. Absolutely. Well, a few weeks ago, we spent a few episodes talking about email, the one and only way to communicate with people at work. Am I right? You know, sometimes it feels that way. To, uh, I don't know how your your school building is, but I've tried to suggest that there might be other ways to communicate, but my school, we always end up falling back to email. So I'm excited to maybe learn from you and and talk and share and maybe be able to use some of these things that we're going to be talking about today to maybe poke and prod at at my school to try and abandon email a little bit. Well, the truth is that email is full of a lot of legacy kind of cruft, stuff that is not only irrelevant and has been replaced by better tools, but also just makes it more difficult to communicate and collaborate. Uh, I think of a couple things that come to mind. You've got the salutation, the email signature, uh, the the feeling of un, un, being unsure how formal to be, mixed with, of course, the insane inability that I know I have to figure out where in a long email thread of 43 responses the one piece of information I need is, or that one document that I need is. But we try to use email as kind of a catch-all tool for document sharing, for talking and sharing ideas. As we mentioned a few weeks ago, you know, it's email is like important announcements from the principal, detailed conversation with your team, and also, hey, there's brownies in the staff lounge. And so we're going to talk about a bunch of apps and services today that have reinvented the idea of both communicating and also collaborating on projects And we're going to overview some of those. So I think we're going to kick it off with really the most bare and basic but often overlooked replacement for communicating in text. Yeah, so I'm going to start us off because I'm more of a novice with with these things than you are. But uh, I'm going to talk about iMessage, um, which, as you said, is a very overlooked app. It does take a lot of the cruft and formality out of communication that email has. And we at the Class Nerd Podcast, you know, we're very focused on Apple as a platform. And so if you work with people who are also on the Apple platform, then you've already got this built into your system. And iMessage is on the Mac. It's on iPad. It's on iPhone. It's on Apple Watch. So it's already everywhere you need it to be if you work with other people who are on Apple. And uh, your messages sync across um, all your devices. And they've been able to do that more or less for several years now. But with the release of iOS 11.4 about six weeks ago, as as this podcast is coming out, there's now 
messages in the cloud, which uses your iCloud account to um, to sync your messages even better between all your devices and store them there, make them more easily searchable and things like that. So um, having that ability to have your messages anywhere you want at all times is super nice. I know um, I keep my work email off of my phone just so I have a little bit of separation from work, but knowing that my teammates can get a hold of me via iMessage is is really nice. A few other things um, with iOS 10, Apple introduced iMessage apps. So while there are silly uses for iMessage apps, there are really powerful things like you can um, share files from Dropbox or OneDrive or any other um, storage providers. Um, you can quickly not just send uh, something from your Dropbox account, but with drag and drop on the iPad or on the Mac, you can actually send files just straight from your desktop or from the files app in iOS. So um, it really makes sharing files simple. Again, though, this goes back to other people on your team have to be using Apple devices. So I know for me on my last year's team, I was the only one who worked primarily from an Apple device. Several other people on my team had iPhones, but actually a few people didn't even have iPhones. So even our group texts as a team were, they, they were green bubbles. Everyone else just worked from their school given laptops. And so as far as being able to actually get work done, people weren't sending files from their iPhones. So that made iMessage not as, um, much of an option for me and my team as I would have liked. But if you have other people who are working in similar ways that you are, this can be a really, really powerful tool. You know, the key, if you're an Apple nerd, the key to getting your team to use iMessage more often than email is to get them all to figure out that iMessage is on the Mac. Like when you type in your iCloud credentials into the Mac version of messages and your colleagues start seeing all of their phone text messages appearing on their computer, they're going to live in that app. I've seen it happen to numerous of my colleagues. And it's then that they start to do the things like, oh, I can just, instead of typing an email and clicking the add attachment button, I can just drag something from my desktop straight into this message conversation. You mentioned a second ago apps for iMessage. There's a really great one that I love that I think a lot of teachers will resonate with. It's the uh, payment apps, things like Apple Pay, uh, Square Cash, and Venmo is a really popular one at my school. And I use this all the time when often our related arts teacher will do something like say, hey, uh, we're making new related arts team shirts for Spirit Wear, and I'm going to do all the work. All you all need to do is just basically pay me $28. Uh, you can leave $28 in my mailbox, or you can Venmo it to me. And I'm like, Venmo check. I go straight into my iMessage conversation with her and I tap the little Venmo icon. I type the number 28 into the keypad and hit enter. And now $28 from my bank account is in hers. Yeah, we do that a lot at my school. You know, we have baby showers. It seems like once every every month or so, we're, we're celebrating someone at my school having a baby. And uh, my team will go in for a team gift and I will uh, contribute via Venmo. It's super nice. So if you like this stuff, like if you if you enjoy not having all of the fiddly buttons and paradigms of an email conversation, and you're looking for something that has even a little bit more control and sanity to the way that conversations are organized, 
there is a very fantastic team collaboration app that we're going to talk about next. And I believe, Craig, you have some things to share about that. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Slack. And I know, um, Robbie, do you remind me, do you use Slack with your music team? Yes, the whole... So I'm on a team of... And this is a little bit rare at the middle school level, but I have four people on my music team. So there are two band directors, an orchestra director, and a choir director. And all of us have a Slack team. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We've never used Slack at my school, but I know that with my church, um, I volunteer with the worship and arts department, helping get things done there and coordinate volunteers and things like that. And, and we use Slack there. So I do have some experience with it. So I'm going to share a few things about it. And then Robbie, you'll actually talk about how you use it with your team at school. So Slack is kind of somewhere between email and messages. The great thing about Slack is that it's cross-platform, so you can access Slack from Windows, from Android, from the web, um, basically anywhere that you need to be, you can get to it. It definitely takes away the formality of conversation that email has, kind of like iMessage does, but it adds power like file management, um, so you can more easily search for all of your files in there. You can manage conversations. You've got channels um, that are about specific topics. So um, I know, like for my church Slack, we've got like worship and arts, production, um, set up teardown crew, um, and so each of those has their own channel inside of our church Slack and can be used to keep everybody on topic. And then if there's a group, like I don't serve in children's ministry, so I don't need to see anything about children's ministry. I'm just not even assigned to that channel. That's, that's really, really nice. Um, and you can actually lock channels as well. So they are, um, if there's, you know, for example, at a school, if your leadership team wants to have a channel that they don't want everybody to be a part of, then that can, people can be locked out of that. The other really, really powerful thing about Slack is some of the third party app integrations. I know that my church doesn't use this to their full extent. I'll just share one that I've, I've done. And then Robbie, I know you've got a few that, that you use that are really fantastic. I've just integrated with workflow when I find a song in Apple music that I think, Hey, this would be great for our church to lead. I know several people on the team use Spotify, several people use um, Apple music and I just tap a workflow. It figures out the song that I am listening to and gets a link to a service called song link um, that shares the Spotify, Apple music, Amazon, Google play, all those different formats and then it immediately puts it in our team Slack. Um, and that's not even close to the full potential of of what the third-party app integrations are. That's actually really powerful. <laughs> I Can you make sure that you put that in the show notes? Yep. I will put that workflow in right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about some other third-party integrations and, and a little bit about how my team is using Slack Um I'll try not to repeat too much the same stuff you've covered, but again, channels are kind of like threads of conversation. And on a music team, we have a number of different things we're planning. So we have things like uh, concert attire, you know, getting the, the new shirts. We have these fancy long sleeve button down black shirts with our logos embroidered. And 
we have to talk a lot about the finances of that and the logistics, and we keep all that conversation in one channel. Um, we talk about concerts. We talk about uh, fundraising. We have a whole channel where we talk about that. We have a channel like I teach, me and the choir director, we teach general music, but the other two don't. So we have a general music channel that only the two of us are subscribed to. We have a band channel that only me and the band director, uh, there's two of us, the only, uh, that only the two of us are subscribed to. And then there's a symphony orchestra channel that me and the orchestra director are subscribed to. I realize I'm saying me and, I'm using improper grammar. I'm getting passionate about this subject. It's very, very cool to have these channels that are only relevant to you where all of that conversation is quarantined. Now, of course, we're dumping relevant files into all these channels, and this is where... Um, this is where third-party app integrations get a little bit interesting. Now, I should mention before I get too deep that you also get a direct message channel with every member of your team. So I have a direct messaging thread, and this, this has actually replaced iMessage even for some of the other members of my team because uh, I know that the orchestra director and I, we pretty much communicate through Slack and only Slack because of how well it manages conversation threads. Uh, one of the things it does a really good job of is when you post a file to a thread or to a channel, it does this thing where it expands a rich thumbnail preview of that image. So you get this very media-rich kind of feeling where it's really easy to navigate and have a sense of where things are in a conversation. So for example, when I share a file, you can actually kind of look into and see the contents of what's in that file more easily right from within the conversation thread. Now, third-party apps make this interesting because some of the first third-party apps that I integrated into our Slack team, and of course, there's an entire directory of integrated apps on Slack's website. Uh, one of the first ones I integrated was Google Drive. Uh, our school district is a Google district, and we keep a lot of our files in the drive. Now, when you integrate Google Drive, it not only does it basically take your account and all of the files associated with your account and make them available to, to your Slack channel. Of course, permission is still required for on a per file basis. Um, but it also adds a Google Drive bot that you can actually talk to in your Slack channel, which is kind of neat. And that little bot notifies you when people in your Slack channel have sent you things. So one of the things I really like is, of course, when you now put a URL to a Google Drive file, of which we collaborate on many, in a conversation thread, again, it expands that document and makes a rich thumbnail preview so it's really easy to see what document is being shared in the same way that you can just drag any old arbitrary file from your hard drive into the conversation. Now, this is really cool. This works similarly with Dropbox. Um, my team, in particular, we use some other third-party apps that, on a very, very basic level, have that same kind of integration. Like when you put a URL link to a particular type of file or website, it does that expansion. Um, Evernote is a really good one. I do a lot of my PDF management and organization in Evernote. And because Evernote is integrated into our Slack channel, all I have to do is paste the URL to an Evernote note, and it expands a rich preview of that note right in the conversation thread. So the thing with Slack that I want to be really upfront about is their business model. The business model of Slack is, and I see a lot of companies doing this these days, is they have a, an, an extremely generous free tier 
where in, in the case of what I've just described, everything I've described is part of the free tier. So everything I mentioned you can do today for free in Slack just by simply starting an account. Now what Slack does is once you require certain types of features, they have a step up tier where you have to pay and it's on a per team member basis. And it's actually, I don't know off the top of my head what it is, uh, we'll put it in the show notes, but it is a very, very steep increase per team member. So it's like a monthly cost per team member. And that for my team, or at least for me, the feature that I think for most users is going to really be that feature that is going to drive them towards that paid version is that you can only search messages in your Slack team back to, I think it's 10,000 messages. Uh, and by the way, this is one of the great features of Slack is how easy it is to just simply type in the search bar and get results by keyword from any one of your threads. Uh, but it gets to 10,000 and then you have to start paying to get past that 10,000 mark. Now, I will say that I have had a Slack team with my music department for about two years now and we are not even one-tenth towards that 10,000 message limit. That's good to know. Yeah, it is really good to know that. And that for us, I think there's also the other thing that I noticed is that there's a cap on how many apps you can integrate into your team before you have to start paying, which we might run into soon. But uh, some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, um, we don't use as much as we used to. So I, I think it's really a very generous free tier and is worth checking out. So the next thing we're going to talk about is Todoist, which is a task app. We, we do not have anywhere near the appropriate time to talk about all the features of Todoist, but I am after, I think, Craig, you, you used to use Todoist extensively, so you're going to talk a little bit about what it is, and then I'm going to explain how my team can integrate it into Slack. Absolutely. Yeah, Todoist was my primary task manager for probably about a year um, before I switched to using Things back in December. Um, and really, what sets Todoist apart from an app like OmniFocus or Things is, um, you know, we talked about web APIs in our last episode about drafts. And Todoist, because it is cross-platform, unlike OmniFocus or Things, which are Apple only, um, they've got a really powerful web backend that allows different apps and services to plug into Todoist. So things like Slack integrate really, really well and automatically. Um, and so you can, from what I understand, because I've never done this with the team and, and Robbie, you can talk about it, but if um, I'm working on a project and thinking through what needs to be done, I can assign tasks to other members of my team and they'll get a notification of that in Slack automatically without having to do anything in Slack. It's just... Yeah, exactly. So so there's a little bit of <clears throat> a streamlining to this. So in, in Todoist, you can have projects of tasks where you can actually share that project with other Todoist users. So like my team might have a uh, winter concert project that all of us are in. And what that means is that we can actually assign each other different tasks, like uh, our choir director designs and prints all of the concert programs. The band director and I manage percussion equipment. So we can have tasks that are associated to the user, 
But in Slack, you can actually integrate those projects so that you can write in the streamline of a conversation. You can actually assign, not only create a task, but assign it a project, tags, and another user. So I might say, I think the syntax, there's a little bit of a syntax. You, this gets a little nerdy, but I think it's like, it would be like in the concerts channel in Slack, um, the orchestra director might say, hey, how are those programs coming? And then I could say, slash Trello space, um, print concert programs, and then I can tag using an at symbol, the choir director. And then what that'll do is it'll show what I just typed in the conversation, but then it'll actually add that task with an assignment to him into that project in Todoist, which is very, very powerful. That's uh, that's really nice. Um, I feel like I say that a lot when, when you start talking, so... <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're we're getting close to our time, um, but we have a couple more things that we want to talk about. So I'm going to push on from Todoist and um, ask you to tell me a little bit more about Trello. So Trello is another app that could get an entire length of one of our episodes, but it is another project-based collaboration tool that... It functions very similarly to Doist, but it has a very different user interface. What's the name of this user interface? You told me the other day. It's it's the Kanban or K-A-N-B-A-N, however you pronounce that. I'm not going to try. So we'll put it in the show notes. But the idea of it is that you have a team, and within this team you have these boards, which are kind of like workspaces. And within each board, and a board to me is like, we on our team we kind of treat them like projects. So th- this, in a few, in a in a sense, has replaced what Todoist was doing. Uh, boards being projects, like for example, winter concert, and then within these we can have these lists of tasks. Now, what's cool about having these lists of tasks is we might have a list called concert programs, a list called equipment, a list called communication with the high schools. You know, we do our concerts at our high schools that our students eventually go to. And within each of these lists, we can have a bunch of tasks, like underneath concert programs, it could be like review the concert program, print the concert program, uh, you know, any, any kind of number of things. Now, these tasks don't appear as checkable little uh, items like they do in Todoist. They're actually these square, kind of like rectangular-shaped cards that you can then drag from one list to the next. So it's a very... A lot of people just love this user interface they just find it and and of course trello is it's also got a very bright and colorful background too so it it just really pops and appeals if you're if you're trying to sell your team on this on some kind of collaboration or project management this is i feel like the one that will resonate because it's just got this brilliant and tactile user interface so what we do is we have a list called done and we drag um, we drag things once they're done into the done area. Now, what's really neat about a card is a card, if you click on it or tap on it, it actually can have a number of things associated with it. You can, just like Todoist, you can assign it to a person on the team. You can attach a file to it. You can actually make a sub-task list in it. So if the, the card says, organize percussion equipment, for the concert, well, then the subtask list could just be a checkable list of all the items we need to pack. You can um, tag an item different things. You can add an image. It's very, very rich and detailed to the point where you end up with this very brilliant, bright, interactive kind of 
communication collaboration app. So anyway, what's neat about this is that again, it integrates into Slack in a really neat way. You type in your credentials into Slack, and then what you get is again, a similar type of syntax where if you're on a channel, now this, this is a little bit more, um, Slack channels connect a little bit more specifically to Trello. In Todoist, anywhere in the Slack channel, you can just type a task and add it to your project. But Trello, you actually link your different boards or projects to channels. So our when we go to Hershey Park with our music program at the end of the year, our Hershey Park channel is associated with our Hershey Park board. And what we can do is we can actually, um, I'm looking at it right now, you can use a little bit of a syntax. It's uh, slash Trello link, and then you can link a Trello board right into that channel. Now, once you've put that board into it, you can assign other members of the team tasks and cards. You can even move cards from one list to another or even mark them as archives right from within Slack. So you can actually interact with your Trello boards without even leaving the Slack user interface. I, uh, I'm already plotting how I'm going to try and get my new third grade team to, uh, to do this. Do you think that if the new guy comes in and starts trying to change how we communicate all at once, that'll go very well? No, this is baby steps. So I, we just <laughs> are four members. <laughs> I'm speaking about this with authority so that our listeners can understand these core comp- concepts we're talking about. But the truth is, like, it took the four members of my music team, like, it's only been we're in our second year of using Slack. It's only been in the past month or two that the choir guy will actually like reply to the Slack messages. <laughs> and we tell him like, did you get the Slack? He's like, uh, yeah, I got the Slack. I just ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So it takes, it's a process and you have to introduce this stuff with caution, but I'm telling you, like I have not met anyone who once they get a feel for Slack, does not wish that every area and domain of their life could use Slack to communicate. So any other services that you're using that integrate into Slack or that you want to share? I mean, we talked earlier a little bit about cloud storage, Dropbox, Google Drive. They integrate really well, um, you know, with these nice embedded thumbnails. Uh, You know, I think we've, we've pretty much covered, at least in my experience, What's out there? I mean, the only other thing that we use with regularity is a GIF plugin to Slack, where you type in a random word, and then it generates a random GIF for the team. That sounds like that could be dangerous. Oh, believe me, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and being the, it's funny, you know, the choir director is the most adverse to Slack, but he and I are actually the youngest on the team, so you can definitely see a divide in the understanding and appreciation of gifts on our music team. (laughs) Sometimes we're just going at it, and then there's like radio silence on the other end of the team. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Before we go, though, I do want to mention that it's 2018, and, you know, most school districts now have some sort of cloud storage capability. I know your school is, you're in a a Google district. I'm in a Microsoft district. So we've got OneDrive and using those to collaborate instead of sending an email back and forth with a file and things like that, um, I think is really important. And, you know, Robbie, you mentioned baby steps earlier. I think that is the first 
baby step to all of this is just getting your team to feel comfortable working in a cloud and storing their documents in a cloud. I tell I told my school when we first got OneDrive, hey, we're given a terabyte of free storage. And I explained that's like, you know, most of them have like 32 gigabyte iPhones. And I was like, that's 30 of your iPhone stored in the cloud. And as opposed to you have these desktops and, and laptops that could crap out on you at any second and you'll lose all your all your files. But Microsoft probably not going to lose your your files with the data structure they have. You're they're more reliable than anything hardware wise that you have, and uh, that that started getting the wheels turning for people. I you know I still have friends who have lost a jump drive and then lost all of their files. Ooh. But you know being able to work as a team on a document, whether it's lesson plans or rubrics or things like that. Once people get a feel for what that's like, then you can move into more powerful things like Trello, like Slack that we're, that we're talking about. Yeah, totally. But I will say that Slack does have a really nice way of organizing those where it's like when you can see which threads of communication those documents relate to with just simply pulling up a little sidebar drawer of documents that is an interface that i think appeals to people whereas i know in my team at least um we are befuddled still by how google drive is organized and how uh, i mean anyone who's used google drive knows that the sharing permissions are just bananas to figure out yeah that's true well robbie um it's probably going to be a couple weeks before we actually talk. So I hope you have a great time in, in Hawaii. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you enjoy all of your various ongoings in Nashville. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy your next couple of weeks. Uh, until we see you next time, listeners, stay classy. And stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.